Thank you, Roger. I also want to thank Becky for the songs this morning. Uh, uh, if, 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 you, if you don't listen to anything I say, if you just remember the songs we sung, then you pretty much got the message that I want to challenge you with today. So, good morning. Welcome to our service as well. I want to welcome you as well as they have, and I'm glad you've chosen to worship uh, with us today. Uh, as you may notice, Pastor Andrew is away today. Uh, he's taking a bit of a break. I think they're actually down in Minneapolis, and so we're hoping uh, if they're watching, good morning, and if they're not, that's okay too. Uh, but it's, I'm hoping they're enjoying their time down there. And I hope... You're not too disappointed. Uh, not sure if you noticed what I did there, but my topic for this morning is about disappointment and dealing with disappointment. So hopefully by the end of today's message, you'll be able to deal with the disappointment of not having Pastor Andrew preach to you today. So we're going to see if that's going to work. Uh, disappointment is something that we face regularly in our lives. Uh, Taylor just shared some of the struggles she's facing in, during uh, our, our prayer time, and, and, and that was brave, but it's disappointing. There are things that come along in our lives that are disappointing, uh, and some are bigger and some are smaller. Um, Maple Leaf fans who are well acquainted with disappointment, not sure if there's any of you here today, but I feel for you to cheer for a team that hasn't won the cup since 1967. The reason they're disappointment, disappointed is because they think the Leafs should win the cup. Those of us that are Jets fans are still just waiting for that first one. So there's still always hope. Uh, there you go. Uh, what are some other examples that we face? Uh, my toast was overdone this morning. It was a little too dark. That is disappointing. When the toast pops and it's not quite the right color, you can scrape some off, but that's just not the same. Um, I ordered a delicious-looking steak at a fancy restaurant, and it's not done right. So what do I do with that disappointment? Do I make an issue about it? Do I just eat it? If I make an issue, that means I'm going to get my food later than the rest of the people at the table. How do I deal with that whole, whole thing? I went to buy something on sale. Raina is now working at Canadian Tire, and so I went to buy out something on sale, and they're all gone. Do I get the rain check when they never phone me back? Don't know. Uh, after tilling, fertilizing, weeding, and carefully watering, the seeds that I planted are not coming up. Disappointments. My friends took off without me. I'm left alone while they're out having a good time. My husband promised to be home at 5. It's 5.30 and he's still not home. And supper is now getting cold. I have shared a need I have with the church and no one seems to care or want to help. The job promotion raise that I was hoping for didn't come through. And disappointment, so those are things, again, uh, that are hopes. But disappointment can also come when we try something and we fail. There's disappointment with that. We have a bad mark on a test. We have a poor job evaluation. We have a bad golf score. Uh, Winston Churchill has some advice for us on failure, and he says success is the ability to go from one failure to another with no loss of enthusiasm. It's actually some good advice there. So there are lots of things that disappoint us. Some are small and insignificant. Others can be major life issues. And part of being human is that we will have disappointment in it. We, our lives will have disappointment in them, in them. And so what is disappointment? Disappointment is an emotion of sadness and displeasure that springs when things don't go the way we hoped or expected. When we anticipate that something is going to go like this, and it ends up going like that. When this happens, 
we are disappointed, and we are sad. And these feelings are true, honest feelings. It's not like, like we should ignore them. And it's actually important that we don't stay stuck in them as well. If we do get stuck in our, these kinds of emotions, this can move us into deeper and more problematic areas such as regret, bitterness, and even depression. And as we've come out of COVID, we know the mental health challenges that have now come to, to light and, and definitely have been uh, exacerbated. And resiliency has been difficult as the, as the pro prolonged length of the uh, pandemic has, again, just dragged on and on and on. And it hasn't allowed us to come up for air. And in that whole thing, we've also had lots of fear. And I'm going to just, again, refer you back to Pastor Andrew's series that he's working on right now to deal with, with that. But disappointments have also been frequent as we have been unable to connect with people in the way we used to. Uh, events we looked forward to attending were canceled or limited in who could attend. Family events maybe became tense as differences in opinion about mandates, vaccines, and following the rules were talked about and argued about. And even this spring was challenging as it felt like winter was never going to release its hold on us. And so it's important for us to get a handle on disappointment and figure out how to manage and learn what God has for us. As we page through the Bible, we can see many stories of disappointment. Disappointment both in the terms of the characters of the Bible and the stories that we read. And also, God is disappointed many times in the people of Israel. And so in today, for today, I want to just focus on one, one story, and that is the story of Joseph. Joseph's a young, outspoken guy. He is his father's favorite. His father has made that clear. Uh, and at the beginning, it looked like everything was going his way. Life was going pretty smooth. And then things turn in a different direction than what he expected. His brothers are jealous because he is the favorite, especially when father gives him a special coat. And then Joseph kind of adds fuel to the fire because he then shares about dreams that he's had where his brothers and his parents are going to bow down to him. And so they are not in a happy place. And so they want to get their revenge. And so Joseph heads out to visit his brothers, gets thrown into a pit, then sold into slavery and dragged off to Egypt. Once there, he works hard and is rewarded with responsibility in Potiphar's house, only to be falsely accused and thrown in jail. In jail, he again shows his character, builds respect and responsibility, till one day, two of Pharaoh's servants are thrown in jail with him. They have dreams. Joseph interprets them. For one, the news is good. For other, the news is not so good. And so the one meets his end a little bit early while the others return to his former job and promises Joseph that he would remember. And Joseph asks the cupbearer at that time to remember him when he gets released. And unfortunately for Joseph, his hope for a release because of the cupbearer being able to share his story turns to disappointment, and Joseph again is left in jail. It's another two long years before something positive happens. And the cupbearer finally remembers Joseph's ability to interpret dreams, because Pharaoh has a dream, wants somebody to interpret it, and the cupbearer remembers. And then we know the rest of the story. We know that Joseph becomes the ruler of Egypt, only second to the Pharaoh, and, and things turn out for Joseph and his story. Now, Joseph was 30 when he entered the service of the Pharaoh, and he was around 17 when he was sold into slavery. So it took 13 years of repeated disappointments before he was able to find his way through to the other side. And in Genesis 50:20, he says this, As for you, 
And he's talking to his brothers, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring it about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Joseph's faith and trust in God's plan kept him from crumbling into despair as he faced repeated disappointments. And so the story of Joseph is a great example of many modern-day stories we could tell today. When we put our hopes and dreams in people, we are going to be disappointed. People will fail us. And just as others fail us, we too will fail those around us. This is the human condition. We're unable to meet everyone's expectations. This is not to say that we shouldn't have expectations and that we shouldn't endeavor to be people of our word to do what we say or follow through on our commitments. And we want to teach our kids those kinds of lessons as well and those kinds of characters. But as people, we will never be perfect. In Joseph's story, his brother's disappointed, Potiphar's wife disappointed, Potiphar himself disappointed by not believing Joseph. In jail, the cupbearer disappointed by forgetting about Joseph as soon as he was free. And so people, we disappoint each other when we don't live up to our commitments. There's another area where we get disappointed, and that is in our expectations of others as well. Uh, for those of you that like Andy Stanley, he has a marriage series that's great to watch, and he discusses the idea that we all have hopes and dreams. And as we think about marriage and what it will be like, we, talk, we think about how many kids we might have, what type of home we have, how clean will that home be, when will supper be, how or who managed the money, who takes out the garbage, and so on. The list goes on and on, and we all have these hopes and dreams of what a marriage will look like. And the challenge comes that as when we get married... The other person we're marrying also has a bunch of hopes and dreams. And sometimes those hopes and dreams don't always match up. And the other problem that comes is when we get married and we dump all these hopes and dreams on the other person, on the part, our new partner, we are setting ourselves up for disappointment. Because that list of hopes and dreams, which for us is great, becomes expectations for the other person. And those expectations are now things we have to try to attain to, which is a challenge and which is hard. And this applies to any relationship. It doesn't have to just be a marriage relationship. It can be in a friendship. It can be at work. It can be inside a family. And none of us can meet someone else's expectations perfectly. In fact, because they've become expectations, we sometimes don't even want to meet them. And I know that sounds a little passive-aggressive, but it's human nature. It's the human condition. When we are expected to do something, we sometimes want to resist and not go in that direction. So instead of beating ourselves up for disappointing others or beating up those around us for disappointing us, what can we do? What is the solution? And so there are five things I think I would like to suggest today. And I was talking with Stephanie beforehand. Uh, you can always go, go talk to her about maybe more further things if you need to find out more advice. Stephanie is always willing to help others. Uh, and so I'm going to suggest five things today that I would like to see uh, us maybe begin to think about in practice as we talk about disappointments and how we want to handle them in our lives. And then I'll tie a biblical verse and truth to each one. So step one, we need to grieve. When we are disappointed, things have not gone the way we wanted. And these feelings are true feelings. There's hurt, and that hurt is real. We need to allow ourselves to be sad and to grieve and to feel it. Um, 
I know in the past sometimes it's been, hey, it's uh, not that important, just put it to the side. And I think that advice is something that, that, that if we follow isn't a healthy way to, to go. Because we have a dream, and it's not coming true, and we need to let that go. And this process is hard, and it involves grieving, and it involves letting it go. And so that may mean we need to cry. We may need to somehow be able to get that, that negative energy out of us by exercising. We might need to read. We might need to journal. We might need to somehow talk to someone. And sometimes, as we go through these feelings, they may be really complex. And these may be more difficult to manage than what we can do on our own. And in that case, it's important for us to connect with someone that can help us with that. That may mean seeking out friends. That may mean even seeking out professional help to help us get our, and walk our way through and manage the deep feelings that we have about the disappointment that we have faced. And so the key is we need to remember that we need to feel these things because as we feel them and as we work through them, then they can pass. Because we know that suppressing our feelings and bottling them up is not a healthy way to deal with our difficult emotions. And so take steps to do whatever releases that sadness for you, the disappointment, the defeat, and remember to give yourself time. Then, eventually, we stop grieving and we can move on. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is near to the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. In Psalm 30, 15, Weeping may last through the night, but joy comes with the morning. The second step we need to do, and you all know this one's coming, I think you all could have guessed my outline, is we need to pray. And the order of things here is not necessarily significant, but I think it is sometimes in the order, as I go through these five items, some of this sometimes I think comes in this order as we work through stuff. And some of them will overlap, of course, and, and maybe we do them all at the same time, but just as you, as you see this list, I think it's a little bit how we kind of process some of these things. We need to share our heartache and our plans and ask why and cry out to God when things don't go the way we had hoped. We need to ask God to show us the way forward to find the good in what has happened. And this isn't always clear when we're in the middle of the situation that we're working through, in the middle of our disappointments. Sometimes it takes a long time. Uh, Joseph, as I shared, it was 13 years. Uh, and for some, it may be longer than that. And sometimes we have to rest in the fact that in this lifetime, uh, that, that may be something that we are just having to deal with all the way through our lives. But God is there and God cares and he can help us. And we need to just be aware of that. Psalms for, uh, Philippians sorry, 4, 6, and 7 says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds. In Christ Jesus. We need to pray. We need to bring the things that are our are, 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 are hurts and those things, and we present them before our Savior and our God. Number three, we need to believe in God's plan. Uh, in Pastor Andrew's second sermon on fear, he talked about those two pillars that we can count on, uh, God's love and God's control. And God can do anything because he is the gold standard in who we can trust. He will never disappoint. So this is always that thing. We can put our trust and our faith in God because his love and his control are there and he will never disappoint us. And because we can trust him, even when we don't understand why, that allows us to begin to move forward. And by trusting in God's plan, that gives us a bit of a different perspective than just our own. It gives us a bit of a bigger perspective 
And that helps us be, be able to move on from being stuck in our own view. And Isaiah 55, 8 and 9 says it well. It says, For my thoughts, God's, are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So once we've felt our feelings, we've prayed about it, we've, we've, we've given it up to God and are believing that he's going to carry us through, another key step for us is that we need to move on into forgiveness. Whether that is forgiving ourselves or the people who have disappointed us and hurt us, we need to step into that step of forgiveness. If we cannot forgive, we give disappointment power in our lives. And if we let disappointment take root, it becomes like a weed and begins to reduce things in our lives we don't want. And we will then move on and begin to have bitterness and resentment and other things that, that are just not the things that we want living in our lives. And so in order to allow a disappointment and the feelings around it to move on, we need to forgive. And Ephesians 4.32 says, Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as, as God in Christ forgave us. God has forgiven us so much more than what we will ever forgive others around us. And I think that is the example that we want to have in front of us as we enter into relationship with others and as we deal with our own failings and our own, and, and our own things that we do that disappoint us, uh, that we will be able to forgive ourselves as well. And finally, number five is we need to be thankful. This is the most challenging thing to do when we're in the midst of a disappointment. Uh, we would way sooner wallow in self-pity about dreams being deferred or lost. But being thankful is the most important time to grab onto something positive. Thankfulness is the antidote to self-pity. And so what is it that you're thankful for? It can start with something small, and I would say start making a list. Over the past number of years, uh, Bev has been keeping a list for us at Thanksgiving, and we are working our way to 1,000 thankful different things that... 1,000 different things that we are thankful for. And so a quick look at that list is a surefire way for me to get myself back on track to talk and think about things that are thankful when I don't necessarily want to think about thankful things. And it, again, changes my attitude and changes my focus and allows me to move on. So make your own list so that when you need it, you can have it and it's ready there for you and you can fall back on it. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And anybody that followed Paul's story knows that there were many disappointments that he faced. And so this is written in the midst of some of the struggles that he faced. So we need to be thankful. So disappointment is something that I have faced in my life. 26 years ago, Bev and I decided that it was time to start a family. We saw siblings around us beginning that process, and we were looking forward to children and all that it meant. Uh, we had hopes and we had dreams of what the future was holding. I had just gotten my first teaching job, and we had bought our first home here in Steinbach. But two years later, as others around us were having kids, we were not. And after seeking medical attention, it was determined that we would be unable to conceive. Talk about a kick to the gut. Our plans, our hopes, our dreams seemingly snuffed out with a single, single diagnosis. 
And in the moment, it was hard. It was hard to accept. It was hard to want to move on. It was hard to take my five steps. And so we lived in our sadness. We had our tears. We cried out our prayers. And we waited. And others prayed for us as well as we struggled along. When the feelings were less raw, we sat down and began to realize that God did have a plan for us. It was, a little, it was just different from what we had thought it would look like. Our family would look different than others. And that realization allowed us to begin to look for what's God, what God's plan for us was now at that point. And in the end, as you guys, most of you know, I mean, for some of you, this might be a new story. I'm not sure. In the end, we decided upon adoption. And after a lot of work creating a profile, connecting with adoption agencies, we were finally selected by a birth mother, and Braden entered our lives in December of 1998. Would this have been the plan that we would have made? No. But it was a better plan than one that we would have made ourselves. And to top it off, two more surprises were in store for us, as three years later, we realized that we were expecting Macy, and then two years later, Raina came along. So, disappointment, deep, deep disappointment for us, but we walked through it, and God brought us through it. And what it did for us is it again reminded us, and when, when, when we talk about it, God's goodness and God's control were evident in our lives. And looking back from today and seeing the whole plan, it's sure a whole lot easier than when we were in the midst of the disappointment. But knowing how God has worked in our past helps us today as we plan and seek to follow Him. Because Bev and I will still face disappointments. I will face disappointments. Uh, You will face disappointments. And as we hear stories of others walk through disappointments, hopefully that is again an encouragement to each of us to know that God is there, God is walking with us, and He will carry us through. Disappointments are ends to chapters in our lives, but, not, but they're not the end of the story. And so God has given us so much more than we can ever imagine. We all have disappointment stories. Some of you, like me, are on the other side of a story. Others are in the middle of a story. Some may just be beginning a story. And you may have just gone through one and another one is coming along. Those are the kinds of things that life brings us. But God's goodness is with us wherever we are in our story. And we have a choice about how we will handle the situation. We have a choice about our own attitudes. And we have a choice about whether or not we will choose to face our disappointments by taking steps that help us work through it or not. And so I'd encourage you to choose to take the steps of grieving, praying, believing in God's plan, forgiving, and being thankful. And through those steps, I think we can overcome the disappointments that come along in our lives. But in the end, the choice is up to you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you walk with us every step of our lives. And sometimes, Lord, we find it really hard as we face challenges and as we face disappointments in our lives. And Lord, I pray that you would continue to be with us. Help us wherever we are in the process of dealing with a disappointment, whether we're grieving, whether we're in the midst of praying, help us to believe in your plan. Give us a spirit of forgiveness for ourselves and for others. And help us to be truly thankful for the many blessings you do give us. And Lord, we do ask for healing. We ask for strength as we face the disappointments. And help us to be 
that helping hand for those around us as well. We thank you for who you are and how you bless us and pray again that you will guide us. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.